Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Brock, Associate Editor for ANC. And I'm Eric Shute, a videographer for the Emerald. Today we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch, the newest console from your very gracious longtime game company, Nintendo. And uh, they just uh, had their Nintendo Direct. Let's see, when was that? Earlier this month? Um, it was a couple weeks ago from recording this. Yeah, they had the Nintendo Direct, which uh, they revealed all the different information about their newest console, which is a kind of a hybrid mobile in-home kind of console. You can, you know, you can plug it into your TV or just pick it up and take it on the go. And uh, we did a previous podcast when we didn't have a whole lot of information. A lot of it was a bit of speculation and kind of what we thought they would do with it. But now we have some pretty concrete information. The uh, starting price point is going to be $299, so, you know, about $300. And I think the biggest thing about that is it's now probably more expensive than both the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, which is kind of expected because it's brand new, but it's obviously going to be competing with the two, and they're both coming out with their kind of stripped-down consoles um, that aren't quite as good as, like, they've been kind of modified from the original ones. They're basically just better. Their technology's better and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's that's kind of common. That's to be expected. With the with the uh, Nintendo console, what's kind of interesting is that you have all these like uh, hidden costs with the new controllers. Mm-hmm. You have all these like different controllers. You know, you got the Switch, you got these pads, you got these Game Pros. I I don't really know the names. I probably should look that beforehand, but it's just seventy dollars for a controller seems pretty expensive to me, to be honest. Well, the Xbox One and PS4 controllers also get kind of up there. I think probably one of the higher end PlayStation Four controllers probably runs about sixty five. Oh boy! Um, in general. I have in my notes here. The Switch is going to cost about seventy for a new controller. A PS4 goes anywhere from about fifty to sixty-five. An Xbox One goes about fifty to sixty dollars. Now, of course, um, there's also like the knockoff controllers you can get. You know, the classic younger sibling controller. But obviously, the Switch just coming out probably won't have any of that, any of those. And traditionally, Nintendo consoles don't really have those knockoff controllers we're kind of used to with the other ones. Now, I think a big thing specifically about the controller we have to consider is. They're kind of more technically advanced than your general controller because, as you can kind of see in the trailers and everything, you can kind of slide them into the screen to take it up on the go. So that probably attributes a little to the extra price point there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're definitely more advanced. There's definitely more you can do with them. But kind of like with the Wii, like the Wii had a cool controller, but not all the games really utilize it. So are we getting the bang for our buck? Are we, you know... Is there going to be games that make it worthwhile to pay that extra money to get this cool, complicated controller, or is it just kind of unnecessary fluff just to sell the console? Well, we had the same thing with the Wii U. The Wii U had some really interesting games you could use a controller for. Nintendo Land, one person's on the big screen hunting all the little guys, and they're all on the little screen hiding from the big guy. There's really cool stuff like this, but really the only one who utilizes that feature is Nintendo themselves. Yeah, kind of like what I talked about with our last podcast. The best games for a Nintendo console are the ones ones made by Nintendo. No one can make better Nintendo games than Nintendo. So, yeah, Nintendo's going to utilize the those consoles to the max, but is Capcom going to do that? Is Konami going to do that? Probably not. So, if you're into those kind of games, then it's hard to justify, you know, the extra money for this con- for these uh, controllers. So, go going kind of what you get with the Nintendo Switch. One of the biggest concerns right now is the storage capacity. It starts with about 32 gigabytes in the console. That you can use now. A lot of that's going to be taken up by system space. Just you know, the software on on the Nintendo Switch that you run everything with. 
Now, you can supplement that with micro SD cards, and you can probably get a 64 gigabyte micro SD card for, I'd say, $25. But you have to be careful because certain micro SD cards transfer data at different speeds. So you might end up with longer loads time because you got the wrong micro SD card. Now, another concern with micro SDs is they have a lot of manufacturing problems. Even very reputable micro, micro SD manufacturers have troubles selling knockoffs. For whatever reason, the areas they're manufactured, you, you can get a good micro SD that's actually a knockoff. So that's another thing to really consider um, when going into this is to make sure that your micro SD is up to par. And making and you know you're going to have to invest that extra cash to get a good micro SD. Now I'd also argue that it kind of lets you decide how much storage you're going to have and then all that. But what do you think? Um, honestly, I'm not too concerned about storage. I know a lot of people on the internet are really kind of freaking out, but I feel like the really only main concern is if you have the uh, the Switch be like your main console. Like especially with gamers, a lot of them will have multiple consoles, and with games coming out like on an Xbox or PlayStation, they'll generally like take the uh, the Xbox version, so they'll have all those games. And then I feel like the Switch will be more of like a, a secondary console that you get to play just kind of Nintendo games. So if people kind of treat it like that that I don't really see an issue if, if people are just using it as like a secondary console or if it's just for kids. I don't really see kids like having all these different games filling it up. So storage-wise, I don't really see much of an issue, but I do know people were also worried about the uh, battery life since this is a portable console. I believe the battery life was only a couple hours at most, like two or three if I'm not mistaken. Well, it is, it's definitely more an advanced system than the Nintendo 3DS. There's a lot more to kind of... There's a lot more it's going to be doing. Like, it can run Skyrim, apparently, for example, which is quite a bit bigger than any other Nintendo 3DS game or anything. It's really, it seems more like it's trying to compare itself to, like, a tablet. Um, You know, there's some really good gaming tablets out there. It seems like it's kind of trying to muscle in on that market. And it kind of brings up the question of, what's this console kind of really for? Is it for on the go? Is it for take it to, you know, keep it in your house and play it? Um, Is it, from the trailers, we kind of get the vibe that's like, oh, you can take it out to your party with all your millennial friends on a rooftop. Or you can take it on a basketball court. They literally show them the trailer. They're playing it on a basketball court. Who's going to do that? Well... The thing is, Nintendo, it seems like they kind of know their market because the 3DS is very popular at things like conventions. You take your 3DS, it has a street pass feature, so you can connect with just all these random people, and a lot of people apparently spend all their time at stuff at like conventions doing that. I can see a lot of potential with taking your Switch, having just meet up a bunch of people playing on your Switch and do that at a convention, but again, it's kind of, we're going to have to see where it goes and kind of who decides to adopt it or not. I, for one, I'm kind of liking the thought of a powerful, more portable console because lugging an Xbox or a PlayStation around is just a hassle. Yeah. And don't even get me started on trying to do that with a computer. Who lugs around a computer? I, I Do you bring I, a computer to a convention? I visited my family over winter break, and I brought it with me, and it weighs upwards of 50 pounds probably. So Why? I was spending a whole month in my family. Also, I wanted to play World of Warcraft. Was this with a my desktop? Dad, but yes, it was a desktop. Okay. That's, anyway, okay. we're getting a little off topic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So let's move back into their um, subscription service. Okay. So Nintendo, probably for the first time in a long time, is doing a subscription service just like 
PlayStation and Xbox, it's going to be, I think, a $15 a month service where every month you'll get free games. The biggest problem with this is you're going to lose those games at the end of the month, unlike both of the other services. Yeah, that kind of... I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I, I definitely like what they do with PlayStation where they have like free games and you get to download them and you get to keep them forever and it's nice and it's pretty and it's fun. But with this, I don't know. Is it supposed to be like some sort of extended demo? Is it just supposed to be like, oh, here's the game. Try to play it as quickly as possible. Try to finish, I don't know, Mario Kart in a month. Like, I don't, I don't get what they're trying to do with this. Yeah, like... PlayStation and Xbox, you get really good value with those because as long as you get the game when they're available during the month that you have the subscription, they're yours forever. But this is like, 